Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Squat Cobbler, episode 84. I'm Kelly at K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm Mike at Official Pagan on everything, but honestly, just go to Instagram. And spoiler, we're going to talk about spoilers today. <laughs> spoiler, I'm going to say Gash Wagon. <laughs> uh, every time. <laughs> but we are going to talk about spoilers today. And... <laughs> I could, you you had you couldn't wait, Mike. I didn't get I didn't get a chance to ask the folks to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com slash k e l l y t h u l or search on Squat Cobbler and uh, subscribe. We'd really appreciate it if you would do so. But I couldn't get that out before <laughs> Mike had unburdened himself on his new catchphrase that he's going to use on every show. Well, here's the thing. I feel like. If somebody isn't subscribed or isn't a died in the wolf squatty, as we've coined in the past episode, I feel like they're going to be like, did he just say gash wagon and stick around till the end of the show? That's a theory. I, guess. <laughs> I don't know. Since I'm already going to be in edit mode here, died in the wool gash wagon might be an interesting band. Name. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good t-shirt. That's a good t-shirt. That one, that one probably won't make it. We're, we're working on something too, to given all the, bone malts that uh mike and i come up with all these clever little phrases including are you gingering kurt kelly put some of those things on t-shirts and try and find ways that you could proudly wear a squat cobbler language on on yourself squat speak yes indeed but we're going to talk about spoilers today this may or may not be a short episode we'll see how it goes but i I feel like whenever we say something's going to be a short episode it isn't never it never happens but i talked to mike a little bit before uh, we got started, and I was just struck here recently. Now, the the way the process, the squat process works in terms of recording and editing uh, and all of that, that this will probably be coming out a few weeks after this was most relevant, but uh, we'll see. For both Game of Thrones and Avengers Endgame, there's been a lot of noise and chatter on spoilers, and particularly... They put out ill-advisedly, they should know how Twitter works. They put out a hashtag, you know, don't spoil Endgame, which became the hashtag that everybody started to attach spoilers to Endgame to, of course. So let me start off with my first question to you, Mike. If you get spoiled on a movie or a television series, uh, does that ruin the experience for you? Are you just mildly annoyed or don't you care? I'm all over the place. Most of the time, I would say I don't want things spoiled for me. I love movies almost as much as I love music. More so, like, TV for me has only been a more recent thing, like TV shows. That's not to say there haven't been TV shows that I've really loved and enjoyed over the years. But for the most part, I was never a big TV watcher. I would always rather sit down and watch a movie. And that's not really until the new you know tv renaissance that we've had over the past few years with all these great shows that we've mentioned on here before like mad men and breaking bad and things like that that we've really gotten into and that i I think everybody's really gotten into and we we talked so much about walking dead which in the beginning i was really into but they kind of lost me as it went along but prior to to these shows i was never a tv guy just movies i would say for the most part i would usually be mad if somebody had spoiled something for me but i can also like and this is, it sounds weird to say this, but especially I, I've done the reverse of what most people do. I think when most people are kids, they like things that are, you know, short and flashy and colorful and, and all that. And then as they get older, they like slower, more dramatic pieces that they 
that are more nuanced and they can get into the art of. I was the total opposite. Like when I was a little kid, I was watching movies like Solaris and I don't mean the George Clooney remake. I mean the original Russian movie (laughs) and things like that. Like if it was something that was like four hours long and very impenetrable in some way, um, I was, I was on board. (laughs) I would watch the shining back to back. I would (laughs) just things that were long and plotting and slow moving just because it was amazing to me as a kid, the idea that like somebody created this, this moving story in front of you. So I was just really into the art of it. So while I probably would have been annoyed if you had spoiled something, I just loved watching movies. As I got older, my attention span isn't what it used to be (laughs) only because I, I feel like the older I get, the busier I am real life starts to creep in and I just don't have the time to watch the shining five times in a row (laughs) that I used to. I mean, I still watch the shining pretty regularly. It's one of my favorite movies. Don't get me wrong, but I I just don't have the time to invest. So I, I think like, and there's so much out there and we have so much access to things with streaming services and everything. There's just so much to watch. I think it's hard to, to keep up with everything, to stay on top of everything. So I feel more annoyed now with spoilers. There was one time in particular, one of those shows that we mentioned, somebody spoiled something from an episode that I hadn't watched yet. I remember being really annoyed by that when they had done that. At the same time, though, I can give it a recent example of a time I was happy that somebody spoiled something. So, and spoiler alert, in case you haven't seen these, in the Shyamalanaverse um, yeah. of the the Unbreakable split glass trilogy i would never have gone to see split if somebody hadn't spoiled to me that it was a sequel to unbreakable and i mean right away like before that was everywhere like somebody saw it opening day because they're a giant Shyamalan fan and spoiled it to me almost immediately that it was a sequel to unbreakable only reason i went to see the movie because i'd given up on m night Shyamalan a long time before then i i'd given up long before the happening which is where most people kind of got off <laughs> I was done long before we got to the happening. So I would have never gone to see split had I not known it was connected to unbreakable. Cause I loved unbreakable. The sixth sense is just okay. I'm sorry for everybody who thinks that's a great movie. It's not go back, watch it again. Donnie Wahlberg is the dramatic anchor of that movie. And that tells you the quality level. Um, it's not that good a movie. It's a movie that, that lives and dies by the twist of the movie rather than the movie itself. Unbreakable, I thought was great, though. I thought the acting was really good. I thought it was really well made. It was well paced. It was before this renaissance of comic book movies we have, where comic book movies were largely terrible, unwatchable garbage, like straight to video stuff that was considered, for good reason, lower quality than like real movies were. So it it was just really cool. And it was just something that sort of changed the landscape. And I think you probably could even make an argument that if it wasn't for that, we might not have had sort of the grittier comic book movies that started to come after that, that eventually kicked off this whole comic book movie boom that I think we might be talking about in a minute with the spoiler (laughs) episode. And then he just immediately started shitting on his own audience with just one terrible movie after another that gets progressively worse (laughs) with each one. So I'm all over the place. What about you? So for things that culminate in particular in the kind of the two main ones that I'm kind of pointing out to are uh, our Game of Thrones and uh, Endgame. So you've got this, I find, remarkable work in the Marvel side of the equation where over the last 10 years, 22 movies maintained enough internal consistency and kept the, the world building and the universe pretty tight enough to come to a conclusion on a song and to hang together. And I just think it's masterful and what I've thought almost impossible <laughs> to accomplish, but they did. 
uh, I will not be uh, spoiling uh, any of an, any of the activities in, in Endgame, but uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, I kind of will be, but I think it's okay. We'll see. When it's a culmination, you know, that's that's part of the joy of seeing the movie is to see how it turns out. You don't know how this going to be resolved and to go in knowing some how how it ends. I just, it takes a little bit, it takes some of the enjoyment of the movie out for me. So I strongly prefer not to be spoiled. Uh, same is true with Game of Thrones and uh, as as well, another one that's culminating. This one's weird because to a degree, the TV show is going to be spoiling the books in theory because they're going to be finishing up well before George finishes his last two books. And so I'm sure there'll be some differences, but we'll, we'll have that. But that's another one that, you know, and again, timing wise, this will be ancient history by the time this gets out to um, the YouTubes. But episode three of Game of Thrones are in their final season. There's six episodes. We're coming up on the third one. There's going to be a lot of action in this particular episode. Very clear indication that many things will be happening. And I'd rather experience them real time versus knowing, oh, person X is going to prevail or not prevail or some of these things here. So so I it takes it takes a lot of value out for me, particularly for the ones that are building towards something. But oddly enough, I don't have a problem uh, with the po- folks that do the theories when they're kind of going, because some of them are, are right. But, you know, I think that that just shows intelligence and in trying to figure out and say, I bet you this is where it ends. Uh, that doesn't bother me, partially because they might be right. They might be wrong. I'm still going to be, I don't know for sure, but I think it's kind of lazy when you actually, I've seen it, I can tell you it. That's not a particularly strong intellectual exercise, in my opinion. So I am not a fan of it. Uh, even just little things like on Force Awakens, back in the day when Google, back in the one day, you know, I think it was 24 hours that Google Plus was a thing. Uh, I, I was I was on it that day and uh, was scrolling down through it. So another spoiler, but this one I think I'm going to spoil Force Awakens for you folks. So fair warning, drop off if you need to. Han Solo gets killed. This was information I did not have one day before I saw the movie until I stopped by Google Plus, which was very much kind of a... Instagram, Facebook hybrid that highly visual. So you're basically getting images going through as you scroll through the feed, it's you're getting an image and it's darn hard (laughs) to avoid when you scroll down on the next to the next part of the page, when there's a shot of Han Solo with a lightsaber sticking through his gut, uh, a red one. So you know who did it. You're like, Oh, I guess that happens. And there'd been a lot of theorizing it was going to happen, but I I wasn't really happy. That's okay. So now I'm just waiting for that moment in this movie. I didn't have that spoiled for me, that particular moment, but I did feel like that was coming. And, you know, you sort of touched on it with like fan theories and things like that. And when I knew and I saw a lot of people talking about this and I had discussions with friends prior to us seeing it, when we knew that a lot of the original cast was going to be coming back for the most part, it felt like, well, they're all going to get killed. It's fun when you're when you're guessing, when you're trying to figure it out, when you're kind of looking for hints and clues and maybe they're dropping some hints and clues, but just kind of someone just ripping, ripping the curtain back. I'm not a big fan of. But what I have become a very big fan of over the past few days is no context spoilers. So are you familiar at all with those? No, what's this? Okay, so do you plan to see Endgame at some point in time? At some point in time, yes. Okay. So remember this, review the podcast later, write it down. (laughs) So just prior to going, go back and reflect on what I'm going to share with you now, and then we'll um, we'll see how it goes for you and see if you felt spoiled or not by it. But no context spoilers are taking usually four notes from the the movie and putting them up there that someone who has seen the movie 
knows exactly why those are relevant, but there's no words, there's no context, it's just pictures. And so this is what I'm going to do for Avengers Endgame is offer what I thought was the best one of those. It was an entirely food-related, no-context spoiler. So it's an image, basically four quadrants of four different types of food in each of the quadrants, and it's a peanut butter sandwich, a taco, a salad, and a cheeseburger. Do you feel feel like I know the whole movie? Yeah, I spoiled it for you now. (laughs) But just keep that checklist in mind. And then as you watch the movie, uh, what those basically end up being is just kind of nice little waypoints into some of the kind of that to me, I really enjoyed in game. thought it was incredibly funny and also interesting. But, you know, exactly. It's calling back to typically a point where there was a it was either a, a laugh or it was kind of a, a heartfelt moment on something. So it's pretty cool. So you've seen a lot of these out there. And there's some folks that are great at it. Whoever was the creator of the sandwich, salad, taco, cheeseburger image, they're awesome. They're great. There's other folks that don't quite get it, quite aren't quite as elegant, and they kind of like have eight different pictures, and it's, it, you're starting to go, okay, you're almost at this point. <laughs> you're not quite You're not quite getting it. But, uh, but there's a lot of really good ones out there. So I think that's actually kind of cool. And it that actually adds to the interest to me as you go in the movies. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye out for why those were relevant, and then when they happen, you're like, ah, absolutely relevant. Interesting. Yeah, I, I feel like I I'm have seen things like this and maybe didn't have the context for it. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure they. I, I don't think this is a de- debut with Endgame that these have come out, but it's the first time I've really noticed it. And there's just been you know so much hype on Endgame and so much attempt to keep the spoilers out and so many folks pushing really hard to spoil this movie for folks. And it is one where there's big outcomes and you can kind of ruin the movie for some people. If you're trying to throw those out in front of them too soon, the good news is uh, squat cobbler's unspoilable. <laughs> I don't think people could, could ever provide a spoiler to what an episode might bring. So uh, we'll stay safe. And I think we're all no context anyway. <laughs> so I think you know, that respect, <laughs> we're, we're insulated, well insulated from spoilers. So I just that I thought it was an interesting topic with some things going on. I wanted to kind of get your reaction to it a little bit. Any other thoughts you have on uh, spoilers, Mike? So I don't know if this is a spoiler thing, but you hit on something that I thought was kind of interesting that I think we we may have discussed a little bit before. So you talked about how the show of Game of Thrones is going to somewhat spoil the books for the readers because the final books won't be out in time to get the show wrapped up in a timely fashion. So I, he gave them, you know, some sort of outline of where he was going to go with it. And of course the books are going to diverge, but cause they aren't even finished, but you know, major plot points are about to be spoiled for the book readers. There are also shows that deviate a great deal from the books that they're taken from. Are you a book reader of the game of Thrones books? And do you feel like that's going to ruin the experience of reading those books? If you are, or if you were in that position, do you think it would? So it's not going to ruin it for me because I basically, the books have been trailing me watching the show up until the show passed the books. (laughs) So, so I had gone already through the first three seasons of game of Thrones before I had read any of the game of Thrones books. And so then I started and really there's a, pretty much a one-to-one correspondence to the first season of Game of Thrones and the first book of, it's really the, you know, the Song of Ice and Fire is the name of the series, actually. The first book of the Song of Ice and Fire is the Game of Thrones. And so I read that, and that's really the first season of Game of Thrones. And it stays pretty consistent in that first one. And then you start to get little shifts here and there, simplification of characters on the TV show and some things like that. So 
it's not going to really ruin it for me at all because I like you get, you know, the, the reading a book is a much different experience than, than watching a show. And so I get, I get more out of it that way. I really have enjoyed both quite a bit. Uh, and part of it too, is just the interest of where did they shift a little bit? Where were the changes? Same thing's true with walking dead in the comic. I've managed to, I was also heavily thinking about packing it in on walking dead. I've toughed it out and they've come back, I think pretty nicely uh, here uh, the past season. And they also diverge. In fact, they've diverged recently here pretty significantly from, from the, where the, the comic's at. But in the early days when it was just slight adjustments, those were kind of always interesting to see as you're you know, the reader of the, lit, the, whether it's a book or the comic book, and then watching the, the process, it's a, it, it doesn't bother. So long way around saying it's not going to bother me at all. I will be annoyed if, like, the biggest of all plot points if there happens to be anyone on the Iron Throne when this is all said and done, if the show and the books come to different conclusions on who that is, that'll feel a little awkward to me. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't read the books, and I figured at this point, especially as far along as the shows seem to be, I figured it would just be better to wait until the show was done to sort of delve into the books and maybe get a different experience out of it. Uh, I always think back to uh, Dexter. Did you watch that at all? I've been encouraged to repeatedly. I think I've probably made it through the first two episodes of the first season and enjoyed those episodes, but that's where I stopped. So the first few seasons are good. Uh, the show in the middle peaks. There's an amazing season that makes everything you've watched up till that point just completely worth the investment of time. Incredible season, incredible ending. And then it sort of buckles under its own weight because it was clear, I think, even to them that they couldn't top that. So the last couple of seasons of the show just kind of feel like they were throwing anything they could in there just to make it feel like it was going to be on that same scale. And it, it it doesn't ever hit that again. And then particularly the back half of the final season is just garbage. It just completely falls apart. But as far as adaptations go, that is based off a series of books. And there's also graphic novels, spinoffs and things like that. And uh, I remember reading the first book prior to the show and then i read the second maybe the third book yeah i think i read three of them and i have a little bit of exposure to the comics the first season and the first book more or less are the same thing um there's a few you know combinations of characters some shifts and things in the story but it's basically the same story they don't really diverge in any meaningful way until the very ending the ending go veers off in a little bit of a different direction from that point though the series does not follow the books or graphic novels in any way. They go in completely different directions. And normally I'm a purist when it comes to adaptations, but that really kind of changed my perspective on it because I felt like some of what's in the books wouldn't necessarily play well in the TV show. Not that it doesn't totally exist in the same universe. I just feel like if you adapted it in a literal sense, it wouldn't play the same way. And that I kind of thought was interesting because I feel like there was a lot of people who, you know, in, in an almost reverse of the Game of Thrones thing and probably more along the lines of Walking Dead, people were watching the show and then they were like, I'm going to go read the books and get ahead and have it. And then, of course, the books go in this totally different direction <laughs> than the show does. So I, I thought it was interesting where, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people who run out and read things almost to kind of spoil it for themselves prior to seeing the adaptations of them. It's interesting that way. And with the, you know, back to the Game of Thrones books, I tried to five years ago, maybe six years ago, I said, I better get my act together and get all through all these books so that when Winds of Winter comes out, 
I'm ready to go. I can grab it day one and go. And I've been waiting. <laughs> you know, <laughs> fortunately for me, I'm not waiting as long as a lot of folks have who were keeping completely up to date, but still waiting for Winds of Winter. That was supposed to come out a long time ago. <laughs> so we'll see. It's an interesting thing. And so spoiler for, for you Game of Thrones fans out there, depending on where you're at on things. Just so you know, in the books, at this point, John's dead and Tyrion's never met Daenerys. <laughs> that's that's how far back uh, when things started to, started to change. So if you're familiar with the show and the book. So we'll have to see how it goes. Wow, it's interesting that it's that far ahead. I didn't realize it was that far. Yeah, and it's getting further and further <laughs> behind because as we wrap things up here, it'll be like, yeah, and you got you're now two full two full books behind when when all is said and done. So and these are not these are typically not very small books. These are big, big heavy books. So you mentioned a little bit earlier uh, peaking too early. So the squaddies can rest assured that Mike and I will not peak too early <laughs> because. We seem to establish that, <laughs> so we're, that won't be our challenge. <laughs> so that's a good thing. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I I feel like the big takeaway is you should go watch Dexter. Yeah, I think there there you go. And then when you get to the, I'm not going to give anything away, but when you get to the season, I'll just say the word, and again, the the no context spoilers. I'll say the word Trinity. And when you get to that season, do yourself a favor, stop watching the show. <laughs> At the end of that season, and you're like, oh my god, that was incredible. Just stop. And leave on the high note. <laughs> leave on the high note. And then when you see Trinity as a concept or whatever, run. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the last good season. Finish that season and just end on a high note. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so that's public service for you there from Mike. And I think a great way to wrap the show up for, for this week. So we'll appreciate all of you that are listening. Uh, please do uh, try and subscribe either on the blog youtube channel the various streaming services where podcast streaming services wherever you would we'd really appreciate it and thanks for listening everyone thank you everybody uh, 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 uh,